Brown O'Haver Studios, it's time for The Rush with Podcast Award winner Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. With what Jeff, Jeff Levy does, is he, he simplifies it for his quarterback, right? Same thing with Matt Corral a year ago. What he does is when he goes that fast, you are going to get a vanilla defense. You're not going to be able to see a lot of schemes. So you break it down and make it more simple for the quarterback and what he sees. So he's not overthinking. Hmm. I think a lot of times when you are taking your time at the line of scrimmage, that gives the defense an opportunity to show you something pre-snap and then be something com- completely opposite post-snap, which gives you some problems. When you're going that fast, defenses can't be as exotic as they want to be. And therefore, it simplifies things for D- Dylan Gabriel. He sees things more clearly and executes better, I believe. Well said. A lot of truth to to what was uh, going on. Did you say that was Ryan Leaf? Uh, yeah, he was on the Plank Show yesterday. He's on the call this Saturday for OU Kent State. Really? Yeah, pretty cool, huh? Did not know that. That is cool. I'll have to stop in there and, and say hello. I've, I've never met him before. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good breakdown. I mean, that's that's one of the, the, the beauties of going fast, right, is – Instead of becoming a reactionary offense to where you see what the defense is in and try to respond to that through checks or hot routes or changing your protection, whatever it might be, you dictate by going fast and never giving them an opportunity to, to give you a false presentation or to try and, uh, in, try and bait you into doing some different things. You just go. You don't change what you're doing. You go as fast as possible. And, you know, sometimes you can go fast and then show that you're going fast, force the defense in, and then if you want to change what you're what you're going to do after you force the defense to, to present their look, you can do that. But the weapon of going fast helps you get there, which if you notice two times in the first game, they did the number where they get to the line really fast and then they stop and they all look to the sideline to get the get the call. And while they did that, it was a called play to where they snapped the ball while everyone's oh, looking to the sideline. I, like I like that. And and the defense, like the D line is on their knees and the linebackers are like talking to each other and you snap because that's the defense's opportunity to rest, right? Whenever you stop and you look to the sideline the whole defense, their guard just naturally not, comes not down. Not just physically, for a yeah, but mentally, and that's what you're saying. Yep. It's like just for that split second, you kind of say, "Oh, okay." And then right yep. there, right when you say, "Okay," they snap the ball, and it's like, "Oh crap!" Like, yeah, no, right? I, I like that a and, lot. And now it's on film, so if they may never do it again, but everyone has seen it now, and they know that you cannot, you you cannot get that. Two, three, four seconds of relaxation time just to catch your breath a little bit, gather yourself, take a look at what's going on, take a second glance at down and distance and formation just to settle yourself. You can't do it because even then they may be snapping the ball whenever everyone's standing looking at the sideline. I, I like things like that. I like going really, really fast. Maybe they're the fastest offense in college football this year. All that is great. I adamantly believe, though, You've got to have a quarterback that can handle all that stuff. 
you've got to have a dude back there that however fast you want to go or slow it down, whatever, you've got to have someone who can handle all that. I think they have that quarterback. I am interested what the text line, what their first impression of Dylan Gabriel was. Uh, what surprised yeah. you about him? Like, do you think after what you saw for one game, is this the guy that can get you and even potentially win a college football playoff game? I think the answer is yes. I'm interested if anyone else has a different opinion on the text line, 405-651-3439. Well, why do you think the answer is yes? Just because of what I said. Because I think that tempo is going to be, God, I think it's going to be so big for them this year. I think he's the guy to handle that. And plus, I thought he threw the deep ball well when he had a clean pocket. He looked more agile than I thought that he would. I thought overall he looked he 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 played a really nice game, and I think he's only going to get better like the rest of the team as the year goes on. I uh, yeah. th- there may be some things this year that I doubt about this team. I don't foresee quarterback being one of them. Right. Well, and you do also have to remember that Tyler can tell whether a quarterback's any good after watching him throw one one pass. Yep. So Yeah, that's right. If you watched an entire game and still feel that way, that's pretty incredible. Uh, I'll tell you what. I was more than pleasantly surprised with how sharp and fluid he looked in the run game. He, you know, you can tell when a guy is a natural athlete running the football. Radler was not. He was a good athlete. And, you know, at times he would pick up some yards, but it was all always kind of, it was kind of a hold your breath, like, oh my God. It was just had a weird feel to it. It wasn't natural. Dylan Gabriel was incredibly natural running the football and working that zone read quarterback run game stuff. I thought that was excellent, and it's going to be a huge weapon. Can he be the one I that, his, that brings back the word that we're going to start using on this show? He's got a little bit of wiggle in him when he's in the run game. Yeah, he does. He does. Uh, I, I think he throws a really good deep ball. But I think it's it's not it's not a work in progress. I don't mean to say that. Live action timing is always a little bit different whether it's the quarterback that's a little bit more amped up and and puts the ball a little further because of some adrenaline or if it's wide receivers are all of a sudden they're amped up and they're running a little bit faster and maybe the rush is is coming on you a little bit quicker so the ball comes out just an instant earlier than maybe you you practice it you know whenever you're going through the motions through the week there's just a little bit of natural timing that you have to find with the deep ball. And as good as it was in week one, I think it's going to get way better. Because uh, right now, I, it, it's it's good, but it's not elite. From what I saw in week one. Sure. Right? But yeah. we didn't get a whole lot of opportunities. I think that I think that as, as we get more reps and more opportunities, hopefully it turns into an elite-level threat. Let's uh, let's see what the text line says. The okay. running touchdown surprised me. I wasn't sure if he if he was a mobile quarterback. I liked him a lot. I was quite impressed that our first TD was a quarterback rush. Um, here's a good point for the nine one eight. 
pretty impressive considering he hasn't played in an entire year. It's not something that we factor in all that much, but it is true. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. He's, after the injury, he's been out for a while. But, gosh, through through all the spring, all the stuff they do through the summer, long, grueling training camp, you got to figure that, you know, and it's always a little bit different when you get out in front of fans. And here's the other thing. That's by far the biggest crowd he's ever played in front of, too. You know? Yeah, even, and, in, the, even in the second half, that was the case. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. Thank a well-deserved you. jab. Thank you. Uh, towards the fan base. Now, like I've said, I'm willing to give a pass for week one at Kent State, not or a UTEP. I will not give a pass for Kent State. It needs to be an elite atmosphere. Yeah. It needs it, to be. It, it, it will be. What's the game time temperature that I saw today? A cool, uh, where is that? 83 degrees is game time weather, according to ESPN. Yeah. Well, that was ESPN, so yeah. that'll probably be 10 degrees off, but 83 sounds nice. Well, yeah, it'll be nice. Now, it's going to be the hottest part of the day is going to be leading right up till kickoff. You know, the two hours prior when the team is warming up from four to six, it's going to be absolutely cooking in there. So don't don't act like it's going to be just an easy day, like there's not going to be any problems uh, with the temperature. It's going to be hot whenever you settle into your seat. But by that time, the whole west side should be in the shade and it won't be long before the entire stadium, obviously, is not under the barrage of the sun. And the temperatures are going to be dropping. It's going to be uh, cooler, drier air. So, like I said, no excuses for Kent State. We better see something that that is an elite-level atmosphere. Trace. Week one was not it. Yeah. Trent says, I thought Dylan Gabriel did well for the most part. Missed some throws, but I think that can be cleaned up. Love the up-tempo. It puts stress on the defense. Defense has to worry about formation, substitutions, locating some key players, all the while trying to get lined up will be beneficial for us. Mitch says that his first impression of DG was a glory hole. That's, uh, that's what Mitch says. <laughs> After thinking about it in the, in the shower, uh, about he it decided that in it's... the shower. I have been. <laughs> I have been. After thinking about it in the shower, he's decided that uh, that it was glory hole. That's awesome. Uh, Peyton Amazing. says, I'd say inconclusive right now. Big 12, absolutely. He had some good flashes, commanded the offense, and was better running than I thought but I need to see him hit those two deep balls he missed before. I think he's a playoff winner. See, I, I, tend, to, I tend to take uh, E, not enough information given. I think, I think he's right. I think it's inconclusive at this point. Mm, boy, that's exciting. What? Not enough information given. I can't give an answer. Not enough snaps yet. That is the answer. That's fine. Yeah, no, that's a great answer. Thanks. All right. Well, maybe in a couple weeks we can circle back and decide whether he can lead this team in the playoffs or not. You saw the guy throw 15 passes and declared that he can win a a playoff game for Oklahoma, which Baker Mayfield didn't. Kyler Murray didn't. I said get to the playoff at first. That's what I said first. 
Tough. You said get to the playoff and possibly win hey, one. It's cool. We will reevaluate this after the Texas Tech game Thanksgiving weekend. I understand. Okay. We'll finally have the okay. conversation for the next time. Uh, text line says the atmosphere, unfortunately, will not be epic because it's Kent State. <sighs> yeah. This might be your last yeah. night game of the year, guys. Can we show up, please? That's <laughs> unfortunately. I know. I was a true state. I was looking at the schedule for Week Four, and Ohio State, Wisconsin, is the week of the Kansas State game. Like you played the big noon game against Fox, and then I'm looking to see, like, oh God, are they going to have it again in Week Four against Kansas State? You have Wisconsin and Ohio State, but that's an ABC game. And I don't see anyone else on the schedule in week four that has a chance to be big noon. I think that OUK State game is going to be 11 a.m. So enjoy this night kick while you have it. Right. Well, I can understand that text message. It's not going to be an elite atmosphere because it's Kent State. It's true. Um, We should wait until the next one. You know, we've got after Kent State, we've got one – Two, three. We've got four more home games for the rest of the year. That's it. Four more home games. So let's keep punting the ball down the field, waiting for it to be the perfect game, played at the perfect time against the perfect opponent in order to have an elite atmosphere. And you know what? It's not going to. It's not going to happen, and we'll say, well, next year when we're in the SEC and we're playing more night games, then we'll have an elite atmosphere. And then, sure enough, next year's going to roll around, and the first couple of home games are going to be, well, it was too hot, and, well, it was uh, not a very good opponent. The next time it'll be an elite one. and then I can't stand you know, to be around those LSU fans. Game. I couldn't bear to show up to Norman with those LSU fans there. No thanks. You know what I'm saying, no, though? I it's, mean, it's, a, it's a good point. It's a good point. Uh, did the stars really have to align perfectly to have an elite environment? If, if that doesn't scream, and I'm not saying like the texter is, is saying that it, that's right and that's the way it should be, but if that doesn't scream like, we're the most entitled fan base ever. I don't know what does. <laughs> Carter says, Kent State isn't the standard. Best is the standard. I sat on the east side till the gun sounded Saturday. Get out there. Control the controllables. Getting me fired up yeah. over here, Carter. <laughs> My neighbor uh, was at the game on the east side, and he, you know, it was right there in the heat. He was, you know, he said it was it was incredibly hot and it was difficult, but he got the uh, he got the famous. Uh, could you sit down, please, oh, so we could no. see? Seriously, how do you respond? He yeah. lives at Goldsby, so did he did he pull out a piece or or what? Was he packing inside? No, the game? I think I think he was I think he was fine and cordial and everything, but you know, it's just because you don't want to be. There's like it's it's tough, right? Like, what do you do? You want to stand up, you want to get loud on third down, but then you got you know people around you saying sit down so they can see. 
and you don't want to be a jerk in the in the stands that everyone's calling you a you know a a moron or whatever. It's it's tough. Should just be the fact that anytime it's third down and the defense is trying to get off the field, it should be a known thing that everyone stands up and screams. Just I don't know. That should be how it goes. Boomer Brady says new tradition. Cash giveaway raffle for remaining students near the end of the fourth quarter, sponsored by the ref or Teddy. <laughs> that's that's where we're at. We have to have a cash yeah. giveaway raffle at the end of the fourth to anyone that's left standing. Man. I, I can assure you, I I spend money on some incredibly stupid things. Right? And maybe it's a, a personality flaw that 85 I have. of that is uh, purchased by Amazon, by the way. He's no different than the rest of us. But that being said and that being admitted, I will not give money to a student <laughs> to stay at a football game ever <laughs> under any circumstances. Uh. Now, if you want me to give away someone else's money, I can do that. I'll be glad to do it, but not my own. Yeah, I mean, there's more about a keg being put in the student section to make him stay. Like, the students should just stay to stay. We don't need to throw some incentives out to make them stay the entire game. Can't believe that's where we're at. I am 100% behind supporting BYOB for the student section. If If that's what we need... I, I stand behind that. We, we can make that happen then? BYOB for students only? Um, I can't make it happen, but if, if it was to be presented, I, I would have a, a vote in the affirmative. That would be a cool uh, new tradition, the showering of beer cans during the third quarter of the game. Oh, yeah. On the opponent's uh, sideline. I'd be down for that. Sure. Yeah, and the, uh, it would also be a new tradition of a bunch of 45-year-old men are, are students again somehow <laughs> with uh, bringing their own beer, <laughs> you know? All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hour number two rolls on. Hanging out at Pinkberry in Norman right here on Campus Corner, 323 West Boyd Street. Only Pinkberry in all of Oklahoma. Really, really good uh Flavored yogurt. There are all kinds of different stuff. I've had a smoothie today. I tried the original uh, frozen yogurt. Really, really good stuff. Come see us here at Pinkberry. More from Ryan Leaf. He was on the Plank Show yesterday. He'll be on the call Saturday. OU Kent State, 6 p.m. on ESPN+. What is the biggest story locally when it comes to this game? Is it anything on the field whatsoever, or is it what we just talked about last segment, what the crowd's going to look like and how long they actually stay in the game? What's the biggest story around here locally for this one? Uh, that is a really good question. Um. Thank you. I I do think that the offense is going to put up a lot more points, a lot more explosive plays, and I think that's going going to be a bunch of different players that do that. I think Dylan Gabriel has a huge day. I think Mims has a huge day. 
I think you may see some of the younger guys a little bit earlier. Um, maybe we see some more Jaden Gibson. Maybe we see some more uh, Javante Barnes. Um, I think I think offense is kind of going to be the uh, the big story. Stanford Steve's got OU fifty five, Kent State twenty. He also had OU covering the spread last week, and he was correct on that one. So let's hope he's two for two this year. Some analytics yeah, guy on ESPN 20. before you even ask who it is. I I think that the I guess it always depends on how the points come and when they come, but. I feel like 20 is, um, I think that's a bit high. I would like to see lower than that. 14 is fourteen is what we talked about yesterday. And you're right, it all depends on if the starters, have, like how did it come to be. Like 14, 17 is a, is a good number if you put up like 55, of course. Don't let it be yeah. like 31, 17 or anything like that. Yeah, I, I don't think you want to give up more than um, – I don't think you want to give up more than more than two touchdowns to this to this team. They, I mean, they're good like when they move the football against their their division opponents. They do really really well. They they put points up in bunches, but whenever they play division or uh, power five teams, they just can't block them at the line of scrimmage. So they don't ever get the run game established like you need to to run this offense effectively, and. It, it becomes way more difficult for them. Their quarterback gets too aggressive, starts pushing it down the, the field too much, throwing it into into windows that he really shouldn't try to fit it in. So you probably shouldn't give up more than 14 against this team. Jay in Tulsa said, if all goes well, the biggest story will be the new LED lights. Ha-ha. Uh, yeah, pro- that's, that is actually a really good point. Did not think about that. Yeah, if the, yeah, if if the fact that there's only five home games remaining on the schedule isn't enough to get you out and and turn it into an elite atmosphere, then maybe the new LEDs that will flash for a little bit will do the trick. And we'll hear about some complaining about it afterwards. I couldn't see. I might eat my eyes. I had stars in them the rest of the night. After that, we will get some complaints <laughs> on it. Well, if you don't get some complaints on on everything that you do, then you're not doing it right. Because even when it's good, that brings out people that have to go against the grain and complain anyways, right? Which is typically what I do. I complain about pretty much everything. Uh, That's accurate. Hey, we've gotten a lot of texts this week on, hey, why in the heck is Kent State staying in Tulsa for the entire week? What are they doing? I'll let their head coach, Sean Lewis, explain why uh, that's happening. There you go. Does it make any more sense now than it did on Monday when we were confused well, by this? Well, 
I also heard. Um, I also heard Toby was on with the play-by-play voice, and he was talking about how difficult it was to go from from Washington to Ohio to Oklahoma for like the equipment trucks that has all of their practice stuff in it. Right. So I guess by the time they they would have gotten back and got the equipment truck back and everything that it would have had to been loaded up and headed headed back to Oklahoma anyways. So they wouldn't have had full use of all of their equipment. So that actually makes sense then. Yeah. The best, the best way to, to kind of make it all work was to stay in Oklahoma. So now it, it's a bit weird, a little unique, but, you know, with with teams that don't have all the re- uh, resources that the big squads do, um, probably makes it much more feasible. Like, I'm pretty sure that, like at Oklahoma, you'll have a you'll have a game helmet, you'll have a practice helmet. They're they're different. You'll have um, some guys will have some shoulder pads that are practice pads and game pads, and you know, it's you've got way more duplicate of equipment that you can practice with, and then use something else for games than the smaller schools. So, yeah, it makes sense. I, uh, I wonder how many schools out there this year are playing every single non-conference game in a different time zone like Kent State is. <laughs> Play one game in uh, Seattle, the next in Norman, and then the third in Athens, Georgia. That's, that's, quite, oh. the, uh, that's quite the road trip for those guys. Yeah, hit, uh, hit three of the five power conferences uh, – canvassing the entire United States and kind of the who's who of the top uh, top ten as well with Georgia and Oklahoma thrown in there. Just absolutely brutal. I mean, that is like totally, uh, you know, wetting your team out for big-time cash right there. Yeah, and like they Poor. were picked to win their division in the MAC, you know? So it's not like they're a crap MAC team. That's just trying to get a massive payday, and you know whatever happens this season happens. I got a chance to win the conference. They they were in the conference championship game last year, I think. So I, for their sake, I hope they're like ready to go once they get in the MAC play. They're not like all dead and beat up, right? Which you know is something else to think about. If you're the staff for Kent State, you just played Washington. Now you're playing Oklahoma. Um, they have a game before they play Georgia, right? But they don't have – they play what, Ohio? I think that's right, yeah. I'll and check. then they play Georgia. I, you don't have – you've been staying in Tulsa. I don't know how much they're going to be willing to beat the hell out of their own team here also, right? I, you might see some backups for Kent State faster than you see backups for Oklahoma. They play LIU. Um, not very often. I don't know who LIU is, but I don't know who LIU is. They're the LIU Sharks. I'm trying to figure out who this is that they play in week three. It is a home game, though. Uh, oh, I thought it was uh, just short for Lithuania that they were playing as much ground as they're covering. I thought they were going to Lithuania to play a they football game. They do have game. a hockey team, so that could be right, Teddy. It could be Lithuania. <laughs> All right, quick timeout. Long Roar Island University. Got it. There you go. Well, at least that one's in Ohio, right? Yeah, at home. Luckily. They'll reschedule it, though, All for right. sure. 
<laughs> Quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll hit some things that caught my eye next. Teddy's eye. Let's get to it. Store number one is. Well, an obvious one, but a big story nonetheless, Tyler. Um, Queen Elizabeth has passed away today, um, which is pretty striking whenever you think about how long she's been the queen. I had never really put it all together, but it's like going on nearly 70 years. <laughs> That's yeah. crazy, Well, to right? put it in perspective, Jason Kersey tweeted this out earlier today. He says, when Queen Elizabeth became queen... On February 6, 1952, Oklahoma football had only one national championship and zero Heisman Trophy winners. That's how long it was. Jeez. That, that is wild. So what's the deal now? Is Who's the, the king, right? Who takes over? Is it the yeah, king? Yeah, is there a king? Who is it? Uh, Philip? I, yeah, sure. Her oldest son? Yeah, that's that. Yeah, I don't know. Sure. <laughs> uh, by the way, when when Queen Elizabeth uh, became queen on February 6, 1952, that was still 13 years after Texas A&M's last national championship. So I did just want to throw out that stat. Wow. Yeah, that is that is crazy, crazy that it's been that long. Um, I saw this and I thought it was great. A <laughs> A guy dove over the top of a craps table in Vegas uh, and grabbed a bunch of chips from uh, from the little chip pit there and made off with just under $20,000 uh, out the door. It's rare to make it out the door with a big pile of chips that you've stolen from a casino, but somehow this guy pulled it off. Is Is this a good move? Bad move, or are they going to find this guy in the bottom of Lake Mead like they found a lot of other people recently? Can it be all three? Can it be a good move in the moment <laughs> and a story for us and then a bad move that's going to end him up at Lake Mead? Yeah, I think all things, all of those could actually be true. I'm rooting for him, though. I really am rooting for him. Probably right. I, I think I'm, I'm rooting for him as well. Did you see that Cade McNamara, uh, with his NIL deal, got – all of his offensive line new drivers? Huh. No, I did not. I, I, I do love the stories of where these quarterbacks are buying their offensive linemen gifts. L let me ask you this, though. Offensive linemen, the ones that you ran into, did they golf all that much? Like, Is that a very practical no. gift for an O-lineman? Uh, no one golfs that much, but everyone likes to think that they're going to start golfing more. Like that's the entire population of the United States tells themselves every spring after watching the Masters, this is the year that I finally get out, play more golf, get better, work on my game, and it never happens. But uh, it does great for the golf retailers. Now, the interesting thing thing about this is, um, he got it for the offensive line while he's embroiled in a quarterback battle with. J.J. Uh, McCarthy, who's going to start this week's game. <laughs> well, and he gets the Hawaii game, who Hawaii is maybe the worst team to ever play Division One college football. I read it off yesterday. Hawaii's played two games on the Big Island already. Uh, they've been outscored 112-27. to 
Hawaii's been outscored 112 to 27, and their two opponents have been Vanderbilt and Western Kentucky. Now they got to go to the big house this weekend. Good luck. Yeah. Well, we'll see. All right, that's all I got. Uh, I have the most and least expensive beer prices at every single NFL stadium. Now, I'll start with the lowest. The Detroit Lions, the New York Jets, and the Atlanta Falcons are tied for the cheapest beer prices at an NFL stadium at just $5, which is a great deal. I'm shocked that the New York Jets are on that list. Yeah. Guess who has the highest beer prices? at an NFL stadium this year by $3.50 to the next team. Rams. Not even close. The Rams are at $11. The team that probably has the worst stadium in the NFL, the Washington Commanders, charge $14 a beer, $3.50 more than any other team in the NFL. How is that possible? And god-awful team, a god-awful stadium. Um, and they still charge fourteen dollars. Isn't that wild? That is wild. The next highest at eleven dollars fifty cents. The Niners, the Bucks, the Jaguars, and the Saints. I thought the Cowboys would be closer to the top. They just charge uh, nine dollars and fifty cents, but they're getting their money back for that eighty dollar parking a mile away from Jerry World, I suppose. That's crazy. Fourteen bucks. Is it this? This all the same size beer too that we're talking about? Yeah, right? apparently. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna guess just a standard twelve ounce beer, fourteen wow. bucks. Get out of here, Commanders! That's crazy. It's ridiculous. Dabo Sweeney got a new deal, ten years, one hundred and fifteen yeah, million dollar contract extension through twenty thirty one. Good for him. I think it's deserved. But is the timeline a little bit interesting after the first game of the season? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how why that that happened the way that it did. You know, probably something where they've been negotiating for a while and maybe just now settled on exactly what they want. I, heck, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is there, but um, that's crazy. That's a lot of money for a guy that's constantly hinting that he's going to stop because of all the change. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, he ain't stopping anytime soon with as much money as he's making. The official OU football player jerseys you've all been waiting for are now available. Custom player jerseys via Fanatics. 93 players currently have uh, jerseys available for purchase. My question to you is which player on the team will sell the most jerseys this season. This season, which player? Dylan Gabriel. You don't think General Booty? No. Hmm. I think General Booty's going to make it closer than you think. But I would tend to yeah. agree that it's going to be Dylan Gabriel. All time. Like if, if we were always doing this, back to when Bud Wilkinson was coaching, who would have sold the most jerseys during their time at OU? Baker or Boz, right? Baker, Baker Mayfield. I... It'd be probably Baker 1 and Boss 2 would be my guess. You think so? Yeah. 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 Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. But I don't know. Maybe maybe we're underselling some of the older players too. I mean, I know there's been some huge superstars through here. We're the young pups. We don't – we've just seen a fraction of it. So, um, 
I know those two definitely would have been right there at the top, though, for sure. NFL kicks uh, off right. tonight. Uh, yeah. oh, Bills yeah, and sorry. Rams. That's that's going to be cool that the NFL is back. But come on, the game that we're all looking forward to, Baker and the Browns on Sunday. I am, like, um, not nervous but legitimately anxious for that game. I feel like I have a lot riding on, for whatever reason, Baker beating the Browns on Sunday. God, I hope it happens. Well, Baker has said that this is not a revenge game. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yes, it is. It absolutely Yeah, we is. know Baker better than that. Come on. I know he said that, but we know Baker better than that. We know that he's got Stefanski's face taped up in his locker or something. I, I don't know. He's going to come out. Like, this is the type of situation that Baker needs to, to usually be at his best. Right? Whenever he's got, he's got something else that he's playing for. Going to be fun. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hanging out at Pinkberry today on Campus Corner, 323 West Boyd Street. Come and see us. GMC Dealers bringing you hour number two of the rush. Quickly on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, the 580 says, don't know if y'all will talk about it today or tomorrow or if you already have, but do you think Stanford can beat USC? We have talked about it a couple times. Teddy has a defeatist attitude. He says no way Stanford (laughs) can win. I, however, have the positive attitude and say, Yes, Stanford can win at home, and they just might do so as an eight-and-a-half-point dog. Well, it just so happens that uh, I'm hanging out at Pinkberry today, and I'm sitting here with Devin Pauly, who lived out in the area near Stanford, <laughs> was kind of giving me the lay of the land out there. We're not going to hold it against you that, that you were out in California because there's some USC hate that has been flowing through Sooner Nation recently. <laughs> And um, we know that's not you, so uh, no, it's pretty fun. So tell me about this, man. Pinkberry, really cool. I've had some of the stuff here. Like, why here? Why Oklahoma? Like, what what gave you the idea for this concept? Yeah, Teddy. No, thanks so much for being here. Um, I'm from Oklahoma, born and raised. Went to OU about 20 years ago, although that kind of dates me now. But oh, all good. trust me. Yeah, yeah I, I know the feeling. <laughs> but it, it's it's one of those things where it's all about community. And just bringing it home. And honestly, I'm the first one on my dad's side to go to college and graduate. And, you know, my uncle, Ricky, he was a, you know went to trade school. And there's nothing wrong with trade school. But mm-hmm. OU was like this far out thing. And when I got accepted to OU, that was just a game changer for my family and yeah. I. And uh, to be here some 20-odd years later with something on the corner, I mean, it's just a dream come true. Yeah. Now, you told me you were just saying uh, mechanical engineer. Yeah. Mechanical engineer turned Pinkberry frozen <laughs> yogurt owner. I, who would have known the, the, the path uh, that led you here? But you've got a cool spot. We're right across from the university, right on Campus Corner, yeah. right on Boyd. You're right in the heart of all of the action. How's it been so far? Oh, man, it's been fantastic and great. I mean, we turned one year uh, this Saturday. Wow. Can you believe it? That's good. And it's it's just a huge thing. I mean, 20% of all businesses fail in the U.S. in the first year. So this is a huge milestone for us. But it goes back to what you just said. We have the right location right mm-hmm. here in the corner. It's a gorgeous day today. Yeah. And people love the atmosphere. They come to Pinkberry not just for amazing frozen yogurt, which, by the way, is the best frozen yogurt in it's Oklahoma. Great. Right? It's great. Yeah, it's yes, I love it. I've, yeah. had, I've had the smoothie, and I've had the – I think – that was the original flavor that I had. Uh-huh. Is awesome. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. You asked me what gave me the inspiration. When I moved out to California in 2011 to pursue a job out there, I had frozen yogurt for the first time from Pinkberry and fell in love. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, my God, we got to bring this back. And so for a couple of years, I was lobbying 
you know, the Pinkberry franchise and saying, we got to bring this out to Oklahoma. And they said, well, we normally do West Coast and, like, yeah. down south. And I'm like, yeah, but, like, Oklahoma is where the heart is. And I tell you what, when they finally saw the location we secured here, they were on board. That's awesome. So tell us a little bit about the product. Um, uh, you said you were obviously drawn to it right away. And pe- for people that haven't been here, yeah. what should they expect whenever they walk in? Yeah, well, it, it's like if Apple was in yogurt. Like, that's yeah. what the story is. Yeah. It's, it's all it's all behind the counter. It's all premium top shelf stuff. At the end of the day, when you come in, it's not just the decor and the amazing atmosphere, but, again, those awesome flavors. It really starts at the foundation of, you know, organic, non-fat yogurt, uh, mm-hmm. non-fat milk, things that we put into the ingredients that are really, really good for you. And, uh, honestly, it's gluten-free. That's uh, also an important fact. That's good. It's yeah. great. And you've got plenty of stuff on the menu. Uh, the smoothies are fantastic. I had a smoothie. You talked about there's also some other things that you can just, uh, like some grab-and-go type of things there. But if if you're talking to the first-timer, someone that's never been in, uh-huh. what's the go-to? What do you suggest? The go-to is original. Yeah. That's our number good. one top I, seller. Hey, I liked it. Like, I, I didn't know what to expect. And... You got it's sweet. There's a little bit of tanginess yeah. to it as well. It's yeah. it's it's good. The 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 powder that we put in is proprietary to Pinkberry only, so it's not something that you can just go down to the store and go get. And this is the only Pinkberry in Oklahoma, correct? This is the only Pinkberry in Oklahoma. For now, are you doing number two? Oh well, it's coming up. <laughs> okay. It's coming up. We're gonna do something big here, hopefully in the next couple of years. But you know, right now we're happy just to hear Norman. It's awesome. Um, like I said, I've tried the I tried the original, the frozen yogurt. It's good. There's tons of different flavors. Absolutely love the smoothies. Beautiful location right here, 323 West Boyd on the corner of. Boyd and Buchanan, right across from the university. <laughs> it's just a perfect location. Come out, hang out, have a little frozen yogurt, and uh, and say hello. We'll be back for the final hour next.